167th version of the Guna Podcast. This is your host, Kevin Witcher, and we are recording this on the Tuesday evening during the September international break, a few days before Arsenal head to Newcastle to play their fifth... Stop making me laugh, Basti. To play their fifth competitive match under Unai Emery. And as our last podcast was recorded in mid-May, this is the first one since the name of Arsene Wenger's successor was announced, and you've just heard his name at the start of this podcast. As usual, I'll begin with the briefest of panel intros. First up, a welcome return for a regular panellist. It will be interesting to hear his views on the new regime. Good evening to Mr David Udo. Evening all. Next, another regular and a man who lives closer to the Arsenal players than most of us, given his residence in the London NW3 area. It's a warm welcome to Mr Mustafa Goldstein. Hey, and finally, our guest is a board member of the Supporters Trust, Arsenal Supporters Trust, Invited specifically to shed some light on the ownership developments at the club. It's a welcome return to the man known as Angry of N5 on Twitter and Angry of Islington on his blog. He is in a marginally calmer mood at the moment. Hello to Mr. Phil Wall. Hello. So, gentlemen, (laughs) plenty of uh, listener contributions via Facebook, Twitter and email. So I'm going to get straight into them. And the first is from Matt LaRoche. He says on Facebook, Arsenal this season, same horse, different jockey. Now, I'm also going to... No, I'm going to wait. First of all, we'll just say, is anything different under Unai Emery from last season? Yes, I think it personally, I think it's very, very different in many different perspectives. For a start, we've, we've gone from being the most predictable team in the Premier League of trying to play uh, tiki-taka in a very, very slow way to be the most unpredictable thing. You, you don't know what's going to come out of every single game. But on a serious note, we look more dazzling going forward. Uh, at the back, that is just comedy as it is. But, I mean, little things like the way they warm up before the games, um, the way the players see, um, it, it just seems different and looks different on the pitch. That, that's the summary. I could go on for hours about it. But in short, yeah, in a summary, yeah, I think it is different. It's a changing thing very much, rather than a permanently changed thing. And I think we've got like a, a, a two-year job to see an actual real change, but times they are a-changing. I'm a bit more optimistic. I'm, I'm hoping a six-month job. I don't want to wait two years. <laughs> no one wants to wait. <laughs> but uh, I remember that, like the City game going to that, and and it started with good old Arsenal. When the players came out on the pitch, I thought, oh, great, this is like being at Arsenal again. And I felt all kind of optimistic until City beat us and ran us off the park. Um and lots and lots of mistakes. One thing, I, I mean, the the, the the check passing it out from the back and two full-backs literally on the corner flags is, like, I don't know what's going on there. The centre-backs. The centre-backs, sorry, yeah. So going back, and I mean, uh, I, yeah, it's, I mean, tactic, I'm not a big tactician, as you know, I prefer the aesthetic side of football, but that's a tactic I I'm just don't get, uh, unless he's trying to sort of make Czech make so many mistakes that it, to, to let Leno in or something um, 
we're all over the place at the moment in a lot of ways. There is, but I, I, I quite, I'm, I'm sort of enjoying this season just for the kind of novelty and freshness of a, a new era, uh, and and feel optimistic that there might be some kind of improvement bit by bit. And you can't expect him to turn up, and you know, with new players as well. Um, I'm sure we'll touch on on all those new players at some point. Um, so yes, there's experimenting to be done, isn't there? Uh, uh, there's a lot of experimentation. Uh, let's see. I mean, I'm, I'm enjoying it just for the kind of the one thing that is the same as the last few seasons is watching Arsenal and tearing my hair out, which still seems to be happening. It's, it's not the relaxing watches of the uh, George Graham or early Wenger eras when you went out thinking, "Yeah, we're going to win this game." It's certainly very far from that. Um, so, yeah, that's pretty much how I feel about it at the moment. Phil, are you actually enjoying watching Arsenal more this season? Uh, I think I think everyone's enjoying watching it more because of the fact that, as, as both my learned colleagues have said, it's different, it's something different. The mood of the fans is different. The results so far have not been particularly different. The defending certainly hasn't improved. But the whole mood, I think that's transmitted to the players as well. I think the, the mood means that if you suffer a loss to Man City, you think, OK, well, Man City are a great team. We move on from that. Then we lost to Chelsea. OK, Chelsea are also a very good team. Uh, and then we did manage an away win. So, you know, you don't get them very often. Uh, didn't get them very often last season. So that in itself is an improvement and, and certainly helped the mood. And a couple of wins, albeit some, some very dodgy defending on the way, uh, to those, but uh, I, I think uh, again, as my learning colleagues have said, it's early early days, and uh, I'm hoping form will continue to improve. Having said that, based on the question, um, say what well, the same horse, different jockey. Yep. Um, where did we finish last year? Did we win any cup competitions? Six and none. I think we'll probably be like that in May. Okay. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, I will also read a tweet here from the Highbury Librarian. Um, on Twitter have you any comments on this from uh, the Gooners Highbury Spy and he said on this very podcast in March 2018 five and a half years ago if and when Arsene Wenger does go you know actually you should read this Mustafa because you can do a great spy impersonation March 2013 read it out okay Uh, March 2013 Right. Yes. If and when Arsene Wenger does go, you know whoever comes in will have to sort out the biggest Fred Carno circus you've ever seen in your life. He will sit and look at the books, the wages of the players, and who gets played, and the squad, and he will think, oh, how on earth is it allowed to get this bad? <laughs> so, can, can someone ask you what the lottery numbers are on Saturday? <laughs> so, uh, so basically... What does you, he mean by that? Well, what he means is that did... Arson leave behind such a mess that he's actually made the job of his successor very, very difficult. I, th- I think he's, it has been made difficult in some ways. Well, clearly, it's not like Alex Ferguson leaving after winning the league, so you've got a squad who know how to win the league. He's left with a squad which has been declining, and as I said, I think their mood has changed, and I think they're ready to push on and, and get better and work better as a team and a squad. But He's hamstrung with Ozil on three hundred and fifty grand a week. What can he do with him other than play him? Uh, and there are, you know, there are deficiencies in the squad, and there are certainly deficiencies in the defence. And I'm not sure that all of them have been addressed. So I, I think it was um, it was a more difficult job than it should have been. 
Mm. But having said that, you know, there's, there are talented players there. If he can coach them, then he can turn them around. If anything, a bit of credit has to go to whether we like it or not, Ivan Gazidis, for, tra- uh, for, for trying to sort out his refashion of the club at the start of the season with uh, approaching Sven Mislintat and Raul Solihi, um in terms of restructuring it, knowing long term has got to happen, because we leave this one man who, despite being a brilliant manager in his prime, is sadly past it now. He's going to run it into the ground. I mean, the signing of uh, Albamiang and, Mavro- and Mavropinos in, uh, in January, neither were anything to do with Wenger whatsoever, and those purposely posed photographs of Mislintat, Gazidas and... Um, but hang Esco. on, hang on, hang on. That's something put out by Arsblog. We don't know that they were actually... Purposely posed. Oh no, I, I think they were. With, really? with, yeah, with my, my cynical media media glasses on. I know that. Well, based on my connections with, with work, I mean, I know that if there is a piece of news you want to get out, uh, one pap is is accidentally given a tip of where to be at a certain time. Right. But that's it's only my opinion. I'm so, what was the it. agenda from Gazidis and or Mislintat behind wanting to be photographed? Um, what, what message did they want to send out? Uh, we're sorting this stuff now, not Benga. Right. I mean, you never saw pictures or anything like that. I mean, it was just. But hang on, Ar- Arsene Wenger didn't normally go in person to to fire exactly. And as we've seen since everything sort of happened in um, in March, April time, being announced that Wenger was leaving, Gazidis has, has got front and centre and everything, hosting more press conferences than you can imagine than any other CEO of football clubs. I mean, could, could anyone put um, put a face or name on the CEO of Manchester City or Liverpool at the moment? No, not at all. Um, I mean that question rhetoric, obviously, but um, no, it, it's because you say, okay, the, cl- the club is being run my way now, uh, and, it, and yeah. So I'm, I'm, uh, if if Wenger was in charge in January, God only knows what would have happened, you know. Okay. Um, so let's look at it another way. Do you think giving Arsene a two-year contract in the summer of 2017 has actually made the rebuild job any more difficult. Has it cost us a lot of money? Well, no, in terms Have we of. Have not had to pay his whole 2018? Well, I mean, I believe that given he was actually sacked in reality, he would have received pay, he would have paid off his contract. But I, so well, I, would say, I would say that's, that, that was agreed with him. You mm. go and we will pay you the money. Well, he always... He, he, he'd have yeah, but even if they'd sacked him, they'd have had to pay him the money. Arsene Wenger, would yeah, have, yeah, okay. Arsene Wenger would have immediately said, I always honour my contract and now it's your turn. <laughs> that's the thing. Ultimately, I mean, look, we, we know... Well, we believe that the length, of the, the, the length of the term in the contract was two years. We don't know the clauses of it at all. I mean, as, as someone who, who drafts, in, in, drafts contracts in, in entertainment uh, as a living, I mean... Yeah, I mean, a contract for a certain thing is worth this much over this amount of time, but I mean, the small print, that's where lawyers come into play. Mm. Yeah, my know, guess sure is he'd, he'd, he'd have got his money for the same. Yeah, that, absolutely. They, they had to give him two years because one year would have looked bad last year. Yes. And, yeah. and in the meantime... It gave them time. In the meantime, it gave them time because, you know, there was a split in the board, as is fairly well known last year. Not all of them wanted Venga to stay on at all. So I think... Ivan wangled some increases in his own power base and started bringing his own people in on the basis this is definitely Arsenal's last contract. And when Arsenal finished up sixth and with no trophies, that was the time to say, OK, you've had a good go, off you go. We've built up the structure now to replace you, so you can go. Saying that to, to Stan, really, more than to mm. Arsenal himself. So once Ivan had done that and, and was prepared for it, then they could push him out the door. 
Mm. I mean, yeah, like I said, we don't know the, the small print. I mean, it could be that he got... Again, we don't know. We only know not official press releases, apart from the one thing that's put on Arsenal.com, uh, with, an, uh, with an Ivan Gazidis quote that was obviously written by Ganella. Um, we don't know exactly what is in that contract. I wouldn't be surprised would be if Arsenal continued to qualify for the Champions League, that would get an automatic one or two year renewal. And if you remember, it's only the, the year we failed to do that and we got into the Europa League instead. After one season, he probably had, maybe the clause said that in that one year, if he goes back into the Champions League, it gets automatically renewed again. But because we failed to qualify again, or it looks like we, we weren't going to make the Champions League at a certain point, we had the right to terminate on paying with the remainder of his contract. We don't know, but ultimately, Gazidis won uh, what, a nine, ten year game of chess. A lawyer speaks. Next one, I'm That's going to... £250 pounds an hour. Gazidis <laughs> won. Arsenal. Arsenal. Nil. So, we now have an email from Seb Falkua, and he says, Despite Emery being in favour of deploying a four-man defence set up in all of the teams that he's managed, uh, after looking at the makeup of the current squad, I truly believe that he should change the formation from a 4-3-2-1 to a 5-3-5-2 setup. 3-5-2. The 3-5-2 system would bring much-needed width and balance to the side via the wing-backs. Mustafi and Socrates would play in their preferred defensive positions, which is right and left-hand side of a back three, respectively. Um, select Lacazette and Aubameyang to play as a central pair up top, and crucially, Ozil would be able to play in a roaming role where he would have a much better impact on the team in terms of dictating play. What are your thoughts on this so, three at the back, gentlemen. Well, so, it sounds great, but Mustafi is still in it. Right, so yeah, any yeah. team with Mustafi. I, I think he's a problem. Right. Uh, well, I, I, yeah, maybe he is. He, he's actually come up and scored a... He seems to have quite a lot of opportunities up front recently. He did score um, in the game against West Ham, didn't he? He, he got the opening goal. Uh, really he's no, he's got to get Cardiff. Cardiff yeah. He scored the opening goal and quite a cracker it was too. Actually, we're, the header, know, yeah. three crackers that day. But um, I, I don't know about Mustafi. Yeah, he's a sort of. Uh, I mean, my personal bet was I've mentioned uh, pre this podcast is, is Bellerin at the moment. I'm Possibly be- less of a liability if he was played as a wing back. Who Mustafi? No, Bellerin. Oh, Bellerin. Yes, sorry, I was going to say Mustafi's a wing back. <laughs> That'd be quite amusing. Put David O'Leary in there. Yeah. Uh, Yes, maybe I don't know, David. What do you think? I, I, I think that that Emery is using the opening season, certainly the opening four months till January, but I would have thought until March time when he starts to plan for next uh, for next summer's transfer window. It's an audition for everyone. Yeah. So whilst it's obvious to everyone that um, that Czech is not good enough to play in the new one four two three one that we are playing in the sense that number one is not just a, a, a backstop it's now part of the part of the team in a footballing point of view um, Mustafi is absolutely is awful but, but um, I'll give Emery his due that was nearly a Freudian slip of Wenger bloody hell 20 years hand into my head um, Emery is firmly instructed this is the way that I'm playing I'm going to personally pers- pers- with you there is no pressure whatsoever you know but um, this is the way you're going to play you're going to try it it's why for me personally the most interesting games are going to be the Europa League and the Carabao Cup games because those are going to be the games to see the backup players Mavropanos playing next to Holding at centre-half and Leno in goal how well they're going to work um, the influence of Ligsteiner who I was hoping was being brought in to help coach Bellerin how to defend properly in a full-back position I mean I think those could be exciting times rather than playing like the youth players who are going to be sold to French second division teams you know which is how it has been for the last three, four, five, eight years 
years, you know. But um, I, I think, in, in short, I think the whole thing is being used in, as an audition. Same players can be persevered with, and when it's clear to the board, it's clear to the head of recruitment and the director of football, if that is his actual title as well as his job, um, that we need to improve his, in those areas. We can persevere that in February and March, head of May and June next year. Okay. Sounds reasonable. So it doesn't matter what the formation is, uh, we can write this season off. I wouldn't go as far as writing the season off. I think there's a there's a reasonable chance of getting top four if you can put a run together because Man United might well implode. Uh, <laughs> Tottenham, I hope, will implode. Mm. You never know. Um, Man City, Liverpool, Chelsea will probably be up there. So tricky to get any higher than fourth, I would say. But not impossible. Okay. Uh, the, the, the only our only weaknesses are our defence at the moment. And we're so leaky. We look so vulnerable. When any when West Ham and Cardiff attack us, we look vulnerable, and that's West Ham and Cardiff. So, you know, teams like I don't know Everton, uh, Watford. I'm trembling in my shoes at the thought of them. Uh, you know, anyone who has a go at us, whew, uh, we've really got to. I mean, maybe that sort of. Five at the back thing, or for, was it? Was it a two-five? What was three, it? Five, three, 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 five. five. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah, just sort of. That, there's a bit of bus parking going on there, isn't there as well? Not necessarily. No, in fact, four, four at the backs more. Well, it just depends where the wing backs are playing, really, doesn't it? If I mean, if Bellerin, if Bellerin plays the wing back half time anyway, so. Mm. Uh, the thing is, if you remember, that's, that's how we did in the Invincibles, but it was actually Cole rather than Bellerin, the uh, left back who was going all the way up the wing. The thing is, we had an incredibly underrated, with hindsight, we'd kill for his player to be back now, Gilberto Silva, who was filling left back every single time. Yeah. You know, yeah. whereas now we've got Chaka, who again is oh. being auditioned as a defensive midfielder. Well, and when it's clear to absolutely everyone in March, this is the thing, I, I think Emery is going to persevere with a 4 2 3 1, regardless of what uh, the fan base think will work best. He's drilling that into players over and over again, because that's the way forward. And this pressing, building it from the back, as you see, that's how Barcelona, Real Madrid have been doing it. It's the way forward. We need to get with the times now. Mm. I think it's 10 years of, of three mile an hour tiki taka is dead and done with. We're doing it my way. Yeah. If by March it's proved that Chaka cannot be a defensive midfielder, Mustafi has no positional sense and is being outplayed by a Borussia Dortmund Greek centre-half next to him who's only been here for 10 minutes, then we will start to rebuild the squad. But hold on. Mm. Emery got the job because apparently in the interview, one of the things that impressed the panel was that he had details in every player Mm. and he had a solution to improve every player. So would not Emery have seen from the off that Mustafi wasn't up to it, and then why isn't he playing Holding or Mavrapanos? You know, I mean, what? Why is he picking these guys if he had prior knowledge of how bad they were? I think prior knowledge comment in Gazidis's statement was to uh, cover the fact that he was actually that close to offering the job to Arteta, and then last minute gets a phone call from Emery's agent saying, "Okay, it'll take ten grand a week less." Really? Yeah. No, I think I think I, I mean I. Look, Emery's a, a proven manager. Look, to win the Europa League three years on the trot with Sevilla, that's one hell of a cup run. You know, you, you've got to be a pretty good manager to motivate your team to do that. Uh, Arteta has Although never managed a team in his life. It's um, great, great he did that three years in a row with the Europa League, but by winning the Europa League, you qualified for the Champions League, and he's failed in the Champions League. Just so. Well, yeah. I but, think yeah, it was okay, only, but, yeah, in but, fairness, the last season... 
But Sevilla won the Europa League. They did start that season in the Champions League. Okay, but point, point. I think point. they were in a group with Juventus and Man City. Yeah, the point is, I think he's probably a better, certainly more experienced manager than Arteta, who isn't experienced and didn't necessarily improve. We got Arteta. I mean, I liked him, but he didn't. He wasn't like you know the Arsenal captain of my dreams or anything. And uh, you know. And, an okay player, but you know Everton really, you know in sort of well. In all in all fairness, but, we cannot tell how good a manager is based on his playing career. No, that's true. No, you can't. But um, we need but, to see the guy manage somewhere. Yeah, before we could say. I'd rather see someone who's managed somewhere come then is, come to Arsenal it, and let us be his guinea, guinea pig. It is a gamble. Um, and you know the, the inexperience there. I think you know I, I'm, I was relieved when Emery got the job because at least he's. He's done his homework, as you say. He's, he knew, he knows about the players. He's walked in there with a file on everyone and said, "Right, this, 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 and this." And you think, "Okay, that's a manager." Um, well, he convinced Ivan anyway. Mm. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, let's see what he does. I mean, look, the proof is in the pudding. You've got to give him, a, you've got to give him a half season or a season before you start criticising him because he's inherited something that is, as we've all, you know, is a bit, a bit of a mess, and a personnel who are questionably. Well, not worldies, are they? I mean, it's not, you know, we haven't got a lot of world-class players. Is the dogmatic insistence on playing out from the back and not mixing it up, is that a weakness? Well, he's got any, to change that. Any kind of dogmatic insistence is a weakness. Yes, yeah. yeah. Right. And he's got to change that. He's got to be... Fla- he's got to be- See, look, this isn't working. We're just we're trying to play out the back and we're just getting ourselves into trouble and giving away goals. I mean, it's not rocket science. There's a point to say, look, Petrocek, just hoof the fucking ball No, no, no. Thing. What you do, you mix it up. Yeah, mix it up, yeah. Yeah, occasionally hoof the ball up. Occasionally, mm-hmm. when the opportunity's there. Look, you know, you've got a Bamiyang. He can run. You've got, you know, why not... I've always I've always said this about Wenger in the past. I remember the days when Henri or Ian Wright was when the other team had a corner, he'd stand on the on the halfway line with two defenders, and you know the option was get it up and have a run and go. You know people score goals like that. You know uh, and and just mix it up a little bit. And, and if nothing else, you keep a couple of their centre backs from going up to have a header. So there's a kind of double. You know that no, they they keep the full backs back. It's all fairness. Well, yeah, well, well, that's, yeah, okay, the fallbacks then. Yeah. Anyway, I will now do a gag sent Two in defenders. by Simon Amster, so you can crucify him. Based on the theory that we chose Arson as he sounds like Arsenal, and Emery as he sounds like Emirates Stadium, <laughs> will our next manager be Herbert Guntersaurus? Yes, indeed. <laughs> uh, I'll leave it there. Um, next one is... I have a thesis on that question. Okay. No, I'm winding you up. <laughs> um, Simon Albert tweets, How, what have Leno and Torreira got to do to start a match for Arsenal? Well, we'll get on to Torreira later, but the Simon Amster again, he of the uh, dodgy jokes, has tweeted on this subject, how bad must Leno be not yet to get a start? I'm, I'm reminded of a keeper we had in the 70s who was rather wonderfully nicknamed Butterfingers Barnett. Maybe Bernard is our new Butterfingers. So, obviously, you know, we are aware that Czech isn't well suited to this. Being an outfield player style, Manuel Neuer, goalkeeper, now comfortable with the ball at his feet. Lino was presumably bought for his abilities in this role. Why isn't he being played at the £22 million purchase. Let's have respect for Czech. I think just because he's uh, 
sort of bit of an elder statesman of the game now, and it sort of let's just you know maybe Emery's doing a little bit of politics here, playing him for a bit with this system. Making it sort of almost impossible. Sacrificing not, the season? Well, no, not the season, but maybe maybe a month or two. Yeah, what what check needs is a tactical injury, right? Yeah, yeah tactical hamstring pulls. Something out for six weeks, and then if uh, if Leno gets six weeks of absolutely staggeringly brilliant performances, then he's in. If he's average, oh well, check comes back in again. Well, I said keep your eye on the Carabao Cup and the Europa League games because Leno will start those, and if you see him with the ball at his feet gets to the full back in two seconds who gets it forward to a, a winger after that and you know a, a goalkeeper can actually play mm. that's when he gets to turn around to, um, to check and say mate I'm not being funny but you can see so it's in front of him I remember when um, when David Seaman left the club um, as Wenger took him to one side and said um, you're going to be my second choice next year for, um, for um, uh, Richard Wright or, or Lane whoever's coming in um, but you are going to be my second choice and goalkeeping coach. And so he was like, no, there's still stuff in it for me. And he went to City on a free transfer. And do you remember when we played City away? Yes. And uh, Lawrence scored a wonderful own goal, but then it was uh, a seaman howler that gave us the winner that made him realise, I'm done. And he retired before the end of that season. Yeah, he didn't he? last the season. So maybe I think he's doing it. I, I agree with, 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 um, with Basti completely in the sense he said, check, you are number one. You've got the squad number. Prove it. Uh, when he proves that he can't, it will be, uh, as, as pointed out by Phil, a missed injury or Leno so good in the other competitions. Well, in answer to the Butterfingers comment, um, Jeff he's not Jeff Barnett. I, I, I did a bit of a bit of intel with Archie the Berlin Gooner when we bought him, and uh, hello, he's just dropped a cup. Um, Archie the Berlin Gooner says Leno is good. He's a good goalkeeper, and he's been watching him on German German uh, Sports Show, whatever it is. Well, uh, we have a goalkeeping expert in the building. I'll, I'll let you know when I see, when I see Leno, to be completely honest. I mean, with, with my goalkeeper's glasses on, Czech just doesn't look confident in goal. Not just this season, but last season either. I mean, uh, it, it's when you see uh, a corner come across and within two seconds the keeper's barging into the middle of it. I mean, because the keeper wins both ways. If they go down easily, it's a foul on the goalkeeper. Go up in the air and get anything on it. The ball's so quick they'll go off. Whereas Czech, to use my dad's favourite catchphrase, doesn't know if he wants a shit or a haircut and ends up in no man's land an awful lot because he's too many goals. So he's, he's, he's passed it. But I think at the moment his favourite river in Africa is probably denial. Right, OK, very good. Another poor gag. Um, not just our <laughs> listeners coming in with those. Um, right, so we'll move on to midfield selection. And a uh, final one from Simon Amster, who's dominating proceedings at the moment. He says, does Granite Xhaka have compromising pitches of Unai and Wenger, hence why neither have dared to drop this useless man. Um, are there any Granite Xhaka fans in, on the panel? Right. <laughs> <laughs> the silence uh, is definitely. I'm, I'm a big fan of his early career, where you can, where, you know, he achieved quite a lot at a very young age. Captain of Dortmund and you know international appearances. Was he captain of Dortmund? So, Would you yeah. back? Yeah, uh, so, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Munchen Gladbach. He was captain yeah, there, though. Yeah. Uh, he, 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 he is the current captain of Switzerland. And where's number 10? <laughs> Interesting. And where's number 10 for Switzerland? But he... Um, he's, he's, I mean, it, it, you know, people, people uh, champion his stats at passing accuracy and, and uh, this kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, and occasionally he has a shot and occasionally he gets on target and even more occasionally he goes in. But... I, I personally, you know, from watching him, whatever stats he put up, I don't see that he's always in the right place doing the right thing and doing the best thing at the time. What which, does... What which does, is very difficult to measure in stats. 
What does four yellow cards in four matches tell you? <laughs> does that tell you that the players are now committing cynical fouls on instruction? Or does it tell you that Xhaka just is a liability? Both. Okay. I, yeah, I think he's a, he's a bit of a liability. But my, my take on it is he's a liability in that that against Cardiff, you know, we're holding out. We've got, you know, 3-2 in it. You know, he just handles the ball for no reason. You know, he does these things that he's got this kind of... It's like the opposite of a rabbit's foot. Do you know what I mean? It's this, this kind of death wish kind of thing. And there's something about him that I just think, no. You know, I would much rather see... Uh, I don't know if that's really Tarira's position, but um, as far as... And, but my God, I'd say I'll play Tarira just when he comes on every time it's suddenly there's, a, there's that little lift and you think oh right okay you can see he's just a better footballer you know and we, we, I think Shaka's surely Shaka's time is day, days are numbered uh, I'm not saying not a coincidence but Shaka and Czech sound very similar could be exactly the same thing being given his audition and he's failing the Shaka other, the can't other. Shaka can't they don't want me Shaka can't the Shaka can't Shaka can't that's his that's his, that's his Shaka uh, can't that's his uh, Shaka can't we should have time for a sing-song. Not yet. The, the, other thing, <laughs> the other thing that comes to mind about Xhaka is that he was awarded a new contract. Um, I think, it was it before last season finished? Oh God, yeah. Or was it earlier? No, it was just summer? recently. Really recently. Very recently. Yeah. But I'm trying to think, was it before the end of last season or was it just before he went off to the World Cup? Was it in the latter? Yeah. After Wenger left. So basically, the decision to give him this extended deal was made by the football hierarchy at the club, which at that stage would not have included Emery. So presumably it was a decision made between Sanlei, Smizdintat and Gazidis. So someone rates him. I think they see him as a sort of hard man, someone who can tackle. I mean, that's their sort of vision. I don't think that's what they're looking at. I don't think that's what Gazidis or... um, Mr. Tanner looks at. I, I think they get suckered in by stats and they think, well, this player's got really good stats and therefore a coach will be able to get the best out of him. Mm. Doesn't really matter who the coach is, but because he's got these good stats, we can work with him. Therefore, let's give him a new contract. Yeah, stats, stats are very misleading sometimes. Unless Raul spent the summer, well, spent most of last season pimping around Europe, couldn't find anyone willing to put forward 40 million. So it was like, well, we better keep him and let him go on free transfer. That's over cynical. Would, would he, he have one year left on his deal? Um... Well, I'm not sure, too sure he had left, but rather than let it, let it dwindle down. Right. So, unless it, in the event so he does. Like, two years left. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's true. It might, I mean, it might be a, as a business decision. You know, mm. they say he had, they were thinking, well, if he has a great World Cup, captain of Switzerland, if we've got a we can sell the captain of Switzerland to someone and, and get some money for it rather than just let him drift off. Okay. Well, he became captain after the World Cup because I think Lichtsteiner's certainly didn't play the other night. Uh, but anyway, um, I mean, are we impressed by Torreira so far? What we've seen? Well, it's a bit part so far, isn't it? But yeah, I mean, as my honourable friend said, there's more. It's more sort of urgency about him and looking as though something will happen. Where as with Xhaka, you don't think that. Well, I don't think that something is going to happen every time he gets the ball. I don't think he's going to do anything which really contributes to the team actually moving forward and scoring a goal, which is obviously what you want. So, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying uh, 
he doesn't go up the field or he doesn't shoot because clearly he does but when he shoots it doesn't seem to contribute much to scoring a goal either but every now and again he gets <coughs> it but it's I don't think you're ever going to win anything with a player like that in the centre of the park unfortunately he's he, he's a He's a missing link for me. It's very really dumb. It's just about it's about making things happen, isn't it? And he he doesn't seem to make things happen. Whereas Torreira, I think, is much more likely to. Oh, definitely. If Torreira like... will be able to put in a good pass, jump over play, you know, wriggle around. I mean, he's he's a he's a he's a good footballer, Torreira. It's a redundancy thing with Chaka. I mean, if you think back to sort of like two thousand four, two thousand five era when it was still four four two all around, and our two in the middle would be Chaka next to Ramsey. You'd think that would be all right, wouldn't you? You know, hard tackling players who can play a bit. You know, I think that 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 could potentially work quite nicely. But the world's well, a four-two-three-one. You, you've, you've brought up another another one of my bugbears, which I, I love Rambo, but I don't always like him. We no, want to, no, 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 just, just well, no, just because you brought no, because we are starting with you've got players like Shaka and Ramsey on the pitch. I think we need to, if we're really going to challenge for something over the next year, two years, whatever, to build this team up. Into we need more. No disrespect to Rambo, but he had a, a good. He had a very good um, Euros with Wales. He had a very good uh, season with Arsenal. One out of how long has he been with us? And he just does not have that for me. The killer instinct finishing. He plays in a different position to Chaka. Chaka plays the base of the four-two-three-one, whereas Ramsey plays at the ten on the right hand side of the three. Yeah. Like the point I was making was in the days of four-four-two, they would both be central midfielders. Whereas in the days of four-two-three-one, as we are now, we've got Chaka as part of the two, Ramsey as part of the three. Yeah. Ergo, those players are redundant. Ergo, in any any position you play them in, I still don't think they're good enough. Right. Well, we will get from on to Ramsey soon. But firstly, one, two, three. Gwen Doozy is the man in the middle. Gwen Doozy is the man with the hair. Gwen Doozy is the man in the middle. Look at him run, look at him pass, look at him play. He's everywhere. So, gentlemen. <laughs> how impressed so we continue with no further comments. <laughs> how impressed have we been by Matteo Guendusi? Barring one or two horrendous mistakes, which he's a nineteen year old and you know he's suddenly playing on the big stage, but he's been on big big stages before, but very I like him. I think he's you know, well, again he needs the right coaching and everything. Um, potentially a great player. Um, certainly yeah thumbs up you know I, I'll, I'll go and pay to watch a player like that it's an odd thing actually if he writes Matteo Guendouzi into um, Sanskrit it actually comes out as Mohamed El Neni it's just very, very weird <laughs> I've not seen the two of them on the same pitch that's all I'm saying same player right same player. having said that one's got four or five years advantage on the other so you would take the younger over the older do we think he was scouted by Gilles Grimondi or Sven Mislintat? I would have thought Mislintat, based on Grimaldi's previous track record of legends such as Marouane Shemak, Yaya Sonogo, The Jeff, who sadly left us in the summer, I would put my money on Mr Mislintat. Yes, is also, it? there's a difference between Granduzzi and El Nenny is that Granduzzi passes the ball forwards <laughs> <laughs> and accurately. <laughs> I remember El Nenny wandering past three players at Now Camp and putting a goal in the top corner against Barcelona. But, Me and you know. Kev were sitting there in the rain watching it. It was it was it was, it was, it was a, a moment. It was his highlight. Yeah, it was a moment. The highlight. Only been here two months. Only it was March after he joined. Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. a good shot. Then. Yeah, that was a good goal. Um, so I mean, is. Assuming we think Mislintat spotted him, is that 
an example of what we can expect in coming transfer windows. The bargain basement um, prodigies who are turned into world beaters. That is what Mislintat did at Borussia Dortmund, wasn't it? Well, that's presumably the reason that we've secured his <laughs> services. But again, that relies on the coach to actually pull things together. Absolutely. You can, you can go and scout these players, and they may have fantastic potential, but the coach still has to do the job. Mm. So maybe um, Emery's interview and Arteta's interview and players like that, even though Gazidis was, was, was present, maybe the actual interviews were led by Mislintat and Sanlehi. Well, certainly in terms of the players that the club will go after, I think the main conversation will take place between Mislintat and the head coach. Mm. Um, but we don't know. Well, they, they clearly want a system. You know, Gazidis has, has put forward his idea of what this system is, of having three or four of them who are experts in their field, will scout the players, will bring them in. Who the manager is becomes less relevant then. Mm. I think um, Lyon did it for a while, didn't they? And ended up winning the French League several years in a row. I don't know how they're doing these days, but they, they put this kind of system in place. They've been overtaken but by it, Monaco, haven't they? Uh, but it, but it, still, it still requires you to have the right coach. And you've got to, even if you change the coach every year... He's still got to do something. He's still got to motivate them. He's still got to give them tactics. You can't just rely on the fact that all these players he brought in have got good stats and have potential. Mm. It's not enough. Mm. Might be enough for one season, but it's not going to be enough for three or four or five. Okay. Team effort then. Um, on to the subject of Aaron Ramsey as we're working our way forward through the positions. And we have three different contributions. So... Uh, I'll read them all out. Uh, from Seb Forkua again. Can you see Ramsey signing a new deal before the end of the season or do you think the club will try and cash in on him in the January transfer window? Nick Cowan on Facebook. What needs to happen this season for Ramsey to sign a new contract and if he doesn't, what are the chances Arsenal will sell him in the January transfer window? So the same topic. And finally, Thomas O'Leary on Facebook. With the talent available in the squad and the youth team, for example, Smith, Rao, Willock and Zalale, if he's still there, I wasn't sure he was. <laughs> the emerging style Emery wishes to, disp- to deploy and the potential of attracting other world-class midfields, midfielders, is it actually crucial we keep Aaron Ramsey? What do you do with a player who is in the last year of his deal? Is he integral? I mean... Could we drop him and would it make any difference? I was surprised, actually, that Emery started with him against City. I thought it, we'd, we'd see a, a, a different lineup, and that Ramsey, would, for me, is the sort of player that maybe you bring off the bench. Um, but he was in he was in that City starting eleven for a very specific reason. Yeah, he was right up front. I mean, he was, exactly. and he had a really good chance that again he sort of fluffed and didn't really. Get, yes, get but the, the the high press. Mm. was dependent on the Ramsey style of physical effort mm. to work. And, and he was dropped next week against Chelsea, wasn't he? Yes, which mm. suggests that he, he, you know, we know it didn't work because we lost the game. Yeah. Was that just Ramsey? I mean, I don't know. Maybe just, just Emery's trying out different combinations rather than being Yeah, he's, got, he's going to be trying all sorts of things, I think. I mean, you know... <laughs> Until you know, until he, he finds a, a combination that, that works. I, I don't know whether Ramsey is going to be the future of Arsenal. How long has he been with us now? 
2009. 2009. 2009. 2009. So nearly 10 years. So that's, you know, 10 years. He's had one one blinding season that knocked. We all thought, wow, this what a player, you know, that he's got that in his locker. Uh, That, that, you know, where he just was scoring for fun. He was doing it. It all went so right for him. The other eight seasons, it's... It's not been that great. Uh, okay, look, he's had moments FA Cup finals. He's had mo- he's, he's he's done sort of the odd amazing thing, kind of at the end of the season for some reason. He suddenly scores a, a blinding goal at the end of the season, whether it's in the cup or the league. But consistently over a season, um, he he, he I, I feel a bit let down when I watch him. To me, to me, I think he's um, he's very Lundberg esque because Lundberg had one, maybe two, to be generous to him, fantastic seasons. But how, was, how long was he Arsenal? Five, six years, something like that? I don't know. 99 till 2007. Not as long as that. But but I think he... Um, Actually, 98. 1998-99 season. I, I think they're similar kind of players. They're, they're somewhat limited in, in some ways uh, in technical ability compared to the players around them. They will always try hard... They, uh, you know, they work hard. They'll make an effort. They'll some things will come off them. Sometimes they have a blinding season where everything seems to come off for them, but the rest of the time, their their part reduces and they, you know, they're, the thing with they're water carrier status. With Lundberg, he, the difference is, I mean, he was a lot more robust, and he he he'd make these runs. That you don't see Ramsey doing that. He'd, he scored a lot of goals as well, surprisingly, quite a lot. And he'd find himself in positions. Uh, Ramsey's not. I don't think Ramsey's the player Lundberg is. Well, I'd say. Freddie was a striker before he came to us. Yeah, yeah. hamster. Yeah. Yeah, no, and and I mean, there was a, something about. I mean, the whole era. Obviously, we were winning things, and that that whole "We love you, Freddie." The whole kind of there was. You know the atmosphere. Uh, I mean, he was more of a kind of an icon as well. Somehow, he kind of like, he led somehow without even knowing he was doing it, probably. But uh, just you know, dyeing his hair red and just I don't know. There was some there was something very average about him in a way, and yet he was. Uh, he just uh, made the runs at the right second, he, and he had yeah. the best feeder in Arsenal history. Put yeah. balls in his path. Well, that's true. It does help having Dennis Bergkamp sort of next to you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which you know, to be fair to, but is you know, is Ramsey? Look, who's Look, there's no Bergkamp now. There's no one that. I mean, well, hang on a minute. Ramsey meant to be. But... Ramsey played, so I'm told, at the level of, you know, a world class playmaker when he was at the Euros with Wales two summers ago. Yeah. So you know, he looks it, good. It's in there somewhere. Mm. My thought is that he had the choice to go to Manchester United or Arsenal. Part of the reason he didn't go to Man United was because they would have loaned him back to Cardiff for one season. Um, but I do wonder whether he would have turned out to be a different player if he'd gone to Old Trafford and got same as Gaza. <laughs> I, I don't know whether he'd have got the chance. I mean, it might have been somebody like Zaha who who went there, couldn't do it fast enough. You know, couldn't couldn't establish himself. I, I think Ramsey may have been like that because he wouldn't have been given the same patience that he got at Arsenal. Mm. Uh, and I don't think they would have Man United. They would have. Uh, Trying to fit a system around him or anything like that. What worries me about Ramsey is that if he was to leave next summer or at any point, he'd do an Oxlade Chamberlain. Another coach gets hold of him, puts him in another system, turns into a different player. Because I don't know if this Oxlade Chamberlain was playing for Liverpool after January this year, uh, at the end of last season, but 
I'd sign him in a heartbeat. Looks well, absolutely yeah. magic. No, I mean, Ramsey's a, look, he is a talent. He's a, he's, a, he's a good footballer. But unfortunately, for some reason, his, his rate of making errors, like silly ones, and sort of, you know, I mean, a couple of seasons ago, I remember him sort of kicking the ball into touch, and you're like, what? what? There's not even a player there. What are you doing? You know, and he's sort of like, oh, sorry. And you just think, hang on, there's something like not quite, I don't know what it is. There's a lack of confidence, I suppose. Um, well, I think it's the style in which Arsenal play leads to greater chance of mistakes because we, we, we take risks no one will ever do what Abue did that one evening at Highbury do you remember that no. <laughs> was it Highbury or the new stadium fresh my memory oh god Abue came on and he had the mayor of all oh, yeah, that he was, was substituted uh, so was, uh, yeah and he was yeah. just taken off and yeah. it was like every time he kicked the ball it was, it was impossible he got a cuddle from Adebayor on the way of the oh, pitch I remember that, that, that was, that's yeah. so, but, but Ramsey's got that in his locker too not as bad as that <laughs> but sometimes in a game he'll do like three times in a row he'll just give the ball away and you'll be like what, what, what's going on you know Straight yes or no question. Do you believe he will be at the club next season? Don't know. Mm. Oh, yeah, I don't know for me as well because I, um, I think he's holding out for more money based on Ozil's massive salary yes. increase. He, he and his agents obviously think he can get more mm. and are prepared to sit around and, and obviously he thinks he's good enough to get a contract at another top club if his contract does run out. Mm-hmm. So he won't have any trouble walking into some other club. But who, you know, let's face it, they, with no transfer fee, they can pay him enough. But will it be Man City or Man United or Liverpool or Chelsea or West Ham? Or will it be West Ham? <laughs> <laughs> There's a funny thing, isn't it? You've got players who they're just on that. It's like Jack Wilshire. You know, he's like at one point he was lauded as the greatest thing ever, and you'd think, well, if he left Arsenal, we'd go to Man United or or some you know big club, and he's at West Ham. Uh, <laughs> and and uh, Ramsey's on. In a, on a similar kind of will it or won't it, you know. Uh, he, he, I could, I, mean, I could see him in a Man United shirt, but I'd rather not. Yeah, I mean, he actually, he, um, he, at times, he does remind me of Brian Robson, possibly in the amount of times he gets injured, but uh, <laughs> yeah. in other respects too, very box to box potentially. Anyway, I've got to, sh- I'm going to move this one along briefly, but we'll just. I think he'll stay by the way, Kev. Don't worry. Thank you. I didn't. Sorry. Don't sorry. <laughs> um, uh, Nick Pettigrew on Facebook, Ozil discuss. I'm um, not sure what there is to discuss about Mazet really. I mean, was he really ill? No. no. But he's, he's ill an awful lot, isn't he? He's, he's, I mean, is he going to work in a team that has to perform the high press? All I know is, Ralph Wilson, Lecky's major job this year is to find Galatasaray or Fenerbahce or Besiktas to got enough money to pay as much of his £350,000 a week so they can go there at the end of the season. Right. Yeah, the, the man's got five years at fifteen million pounds a year. No, 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 he hasn't. He's got now three years. Is it three? Okay, so it's a three and a half year deal signed last January. Oh, bless him! Only forty-five, fifty-two million pounds. Bless him. He's struggling. You know, let's hold hands together for Meza. So, I mean, I, th- I think there's no doubt that if if he does move elsewhere, Arsenal will be paying a percentage of his wages. Same as we did for how long under Wenger? Well, it's very sad the player that's that he is that talented, and he's and. Over a, it's funny again the stats thing you know people go look at his stats and say well he runs more than anyone and when you watch the game it's like where <laughs> and then and, and, he, and he had more assists than anyone on the planet and, and, and yet it, it's almost somehow like the, 
the message he sends out to the team, the body language is one of, oh, you know, I just can't be bothered. He's never going to go up for a header. He's never going to, okay, nor did Dennis Bergkamp, nor a lot of players. And he's that sort of player. He's a, he's a luxury player, isn't he? He's a luxury player, definitely, yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, I mean, you know... Luxury we can't afford. Right now, I don't think Emery's a luxury player kind of guy. It's, it's all for one and one for all. And whatever happened to Victoria Concordia Cressit, you mm. know? Mm. So maybe it's time, maybe we need to kind of, you know, get back to basics... Basic Arsenal, all for one, one for all. No passengers, you know. Sorry, Mr. Luxury, but you know, off to Galatasaray you go. Okay, well, we're going to move on to the front line after a couple more ditties. Uh, what is the song we're going okay. to do? Oh, not that one. You've okay. got to count us in. <laughs> okay, well, here we go, everyone, for, for a, a very, very contentious contender for a terrorist chant. And it goes, one, two, three. Lacazette, Zet, Zet, in the corner of the net. Lacazette, Zet, Zet, in the corner of the net. In the left, in the right, all his goals are dynamite. Lacazette, Zet, Zet, in the corner of the net. However, there are other options. <laughs> oh, I oh, oh, one, two. Obama Yang. Do, 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 do. He's the greatest striker in the land. He's the Arsenal striker. He's the man. No Pierre Aubameyang. <laughs> right, which brings on to uh, Pradeep Kashala's question. Should Lacazette and Aubameyang always start? Started for the first time together against Cardiff. Scored a goal each. Do we think we will now regularly be seeing Lacazette start as well as Aubameyang, who always does? I was so happy to see two strikers start for Arsenal. After years of watching poor old Oliver Giroud on his own, you know, against Barcelona or whatever, you know what I mean? Or, uh, uh, yeah, I, I just like to see two strikers. I'm, call me old-fashioned, you know, Toshak Keegan. But they're in for the formation, it, it wasn't really two strikers. There were two strikers on the pitch. Yeah, you know, it's two guys who can put the ball in the back of the net. Well, that's what they're kind of, that's what they've been signed to do. Right. So, okay. yeah, whilst you have that, I, I, on just on averages, I know it's not very probably very uh, sophisticated to think that way, but you've got twice as many chances of scoring a goal <laughs> uh, because there's two blokes who know how to put the ball in the back of the net. You know, Aubameyang looked a bit kind of wobbly, I thought, uh, uh, until he scored. Uh, and then, and then Lacazette. That was a great, you know, they, you know, against Cardiff, it, it worked. You know, ultimately, our defence isn't going to save us, so we, we need as much. The best form of defence is attack. Cliche for a reason. Mm. Absolutely. Um, again, I think the whole thing's an experiment, um, as for most of the season, because as, as Basti pointed out, it's having two forwards on the pitch and. I think we, I think Wenger did try that a little bit with the criminally underrated Lucas Podolski when we bought him a centre forward, played him on the left wing. But Wenger seemed to be agitated in the sense that every time we got the ball, he ran towards the goal and shot the selfish <laughs> bastard. Yeah, actually, Lacazette's are very, they're quite similar. Exactly. In, in style, oh, they remind me a bit of uh, like Malcolm McDonald. They sort of like walk around. It's not they're not fast people. But when they whack it, you know what I mean. The, the roof of the net goes. That, that kind of play, yeah. That's funny you should mention Podolski. I think the thing with Lacazette and Aubameyang both being uh, 18 box centre forwards, I think um, it's, it's something stupid. Like Aubameyang's only scored something like uh, five or ten goals outside the penalty area in his career, and three of them have been at Arsenal. 
because he's been playing out of position, uh, potentially. But him playing exactly, uh, sorry, playing in the same team. I remember when Alan Smith got injured about nine, uh, 1990, and when he was injured, Niall Quinn came in and scored loads of, and scored goals, goals. Uh, so George Graham tried playing both of them, but then you did have, you know, two six foot three inch speed poles who could run off the ball, running into each other all the time. It just didn't work. I mean, look, I mean, Christ, it carries on like it did against Cardiff. Uh, goal-wise, and the two of them loving playing with each other, then great, please persevere, but as long as they're both happy. By the way, that's a Guna podcast first. I think that's the first time Niall Quinn's been mentioned. Well, oh. I'll tell you something else about Niall Quinn. He beat the buoy to it, because he came on as sub and was subbed off once for playing badly. <laughs> right. Niall Quinn. Uh, yeah, old Quinn's, Quinn had some bad games, I remember. His name he is Niall Quinn. Tears Niall Quinn. <laughs> right, so... Um, oh, Quinn. You're in favour of the two I, I'm, uh, I'm like Basti, I, I'm in favour of putting as many strikers on as possible. Okay. Well, we'll have well, uh, that for a bit. Like, <laughs> 11 of them then. Well, <laughs> we used to do that as a sort of very desperate <laughs> thing, didn't we? When we were, it was so desperate, you just throw yeah, yeah, all the strikers. Yeah. And just that was one of our tactical masters. I remember Ju <laughs> Young Park's one Premier League appearance. Yeah, so oh, home to Manchester United, 2 0 down with 10 minutes to go. Yeah. His instructions were run! <laughs> <laughs> His instructions were get on the screen. <laughs> um, so um, we've been singing some chants this evening, and we've been um, uh, created by Fishpieguna. His Twitter is account Twitter account is at Fishpieguna, and there you can get a link to his YouTube videos with some Arsenal chants. And he proffers the question: Should the club should the club offer blocks of let's say ten? Season tickets free to fans who will instigate singing around the stadium at home matches. Each squad player would pay for a block. It's <laughs> <guy's> <laughs> he's he's um, angling for a job there, I, isn't he? I, I, I like the sound of that. But Very idealistic. It's not going to happen, is it? In the words of uh, Les Dennis on Family Fortunes, Fish by Guna, if it's there, I'll give you the money myself. <laughs> he says singing section. <laughs> Well, it's, it and we was... do have a singing section in theory. Yeah. The red section was put there oh, God. deliberately to start the ch- And that is the, the like section where the standing in... started. <laughs> like communism in theory. Ju- I mean, just, just refresh my memory here. Now at home matches, in the lower tier, at the side people sit down. Do they stand all the way around behind the goals now? Directly below me, which is uh, North Stand, I'm North Stand up of Block 99, so I'm kind of like in, in the corner where the players are warming up and the clap to the fans. Those guys will stand up. The thing is, they are Arsenal TV fans, not Arsenal fan TV, blood, not those people. Like uh, the guy with the um, heavy metal uh, beard and pierced nose. Bully. Yeah, yeah, bully. He's on the TV all the time. He's at the front of that, and he leads, he leads the sings as and when, as when they start. Right. So yeah. we're still we're very, very library at the moment. I oh, mean, yeah. well, this is part. I mean, there are a couple of blocks that always stand, though, aren't there? Well, yeah. my question What's is: has standing now spread behind the whole goal? No, right. in the corners, really. It's just like, in the yeah. corner, I think Mr. Fishpie is right to bring it up, though, because it's something that um, the West Ham fans made quite clear how. You know how shit our support is at home, mm. uh, and and they're right. Um, we're we're fair five to talk. But mind you, I remember <laughs> is it like twenty years ago or fifteen or a long time ago? Um, bumping into David Dean at my local pub. Don't ask why, but he just walked in there and everyone went fucking hell. It's David Dean. What's he doing here? And uh, having a chat with him, and he actually asked me how you know how he thought 
I would think it might be a way of get, getting more atmosphere at Highbury. It was still at Highbury at the time. And I'd been at um, Munich before to watch Arsenal. We lost 1-0 but still qualified. And they had that standing seats thing. So I was, I was sort of suggesting to him the standing seats thing is the way because it's like, you know... Um, but of course that you know, never, never came but if you're standing you're more likely to sing than if you're sitting it's as simple as that any singing teacher will tell you, stand, you know, stand use your diaphragm you know, you're, you're just on a more attacking front and also uh, as a football fan if you're on your feet with the players who are on their feet you're just in a, 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 it's a it's, you're much more likely to sing and get behind yeah, the team yeah you feel more like a participant than just a spectator exactly and therefore you join you're in you're the 12th man exactly that, that, that comes in um, but uh, unfortunately, it's very couch potato these days, football. Well, the, the thought of fish pie is the ideal of trying to get player chance reinstated because there are so few now. Mm. You know, I mean, well, another uh, thing they've got to do is uh, while you have the big screens and all that booming and entertainment. Yes, I but mean, then we, again, we... That, that, the, what the difference is now is that in the old days when you didn't have that, you also didn't have people arriving at the last minute because if you did arrive at the last minute you weren't sure where you were going to be so if you wanted a decent view you had to get in a bit early so you're in there when the players started coming out and warming up and that's where the chance often began and we learned yeah but wouldn't it be if you if you just had silence before the game not not this in-house entertainment right well then possibly we would make the our culture own could grow yes. if people were in the seats well people get bored so someone had started no, going but they, you know, you know, Marie or yeah, something but there's, yeah. there's like literally 10 minutes before the game starts yeah there's probably I'm guesstimating 8,000 people in the seats yeah but what, in the days before when the players came on and warmed up and you, we'd all start, we'd sing each player a song. Yeah, but people are not in but the stand. Yeah, yeah, but they don't have to get the whole reason for that is because now you know exactly where you're going to go and yeah, exactly. be sitting yes. or standing exactly in front of your seat. right. Whereas you didn't have that choice before. As you say, you turned up on the North Bank at two o'clock. It was already half full. And you had to go and stand where you wanted to stand or meet your mates where you always met them or whatever it was. Mm. And then you didn't move. Mm. You didn't, or one of you might go back and try and get something from the refreshment, you know, the tiny refreshment bar, which would take about half an hour because there's probably a massive queue there by then. And, and it was a lot smaller and much worse facilities than there are now for, the, for all that. So they traded that for having some atmosphere, haven't they? But yes. you ha- also, for big games, you'd have to get there early because you didn't even know if you were going to get in. Yeah. Sometimes. So, is, all, is, all what my question place. is: yeah. Is the culture in which you could have a whole set of chants for your team? Does it exist anymore? Well, it it would be more likely to exist if you gave it gave it the, the vacuum that's required for us to make our own entertainment. If you shove entertainment down people's throats, they're just going to sit there on their asses and take it. If there's silence, then some bright spark might come up with a funny song or a little bit of wit or whatever, which we used to have so much of up the North Bank. Uh, unfortunately, we're just being force-fed kind of, you know, um, almost sort of American-style entertainment, which, uh, you know, they've been doing that in America for years, you know, all that kind of mm. clapping and whatever. All that. They do it at uh, basketball as well, all that. Da, 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 the thing is, da, you know, they're playing all the music in the background, aren't they? Yeah. yeah. So I, went, I went on a baseball tour. I've been on two baseball tours, actually, in 2014 and 2016. 
And um, they have to, they, well, they've got a professional Wurlitzer player. Yeah, Wurlitzer player. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's it. Yeah, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, yeah, but Let's I mean, get one no, no, in the Emirates. The, the, the only way to get real atmosphere back is to have a vacuum and silence, and then, and then people will make their own entertainment because they'll fill that void. Right. The thing is, yeah, I've got a chance if they, if they do that, but yeah, well, so as long as they could just have the screens. Yeah, they could have the screens with silent as long as the guys. They could actually put the, the damn songs of Fish Pie on the screens, you know. Well, maybe not a fish pie. <laughs> no disrespect to fish pie. They would have copyright problems, but but I mean they did have that. Well, they, they had the, the words on. He owns those words. Well, he owns the words. Yeah, but then they, they still don't have, have to, to tell you the what music. the tune is. You have to work out the tune for yourself and join in. Or they could just have the lyrics with a little one of those little bouncy, yeah, little, yeah, yeah. bouncy little like follow the little ball that goes over the lyrics. Any particular reason why they've only got two screens in the ground rather than four? Is that just let further sunlight in? Yes, I believe so. Oh, okay. Uh, probably an economic factor as well. Yeah. But it's the design, isn't it? Because the, it wouldn't work in the other corners, would it? Or, or like... No, it would. Mm. But what, I mean, basically. Well, they wanted, in... they, but they wanted the breeze to come in under the yeah, roof. Yeah, that's yeah. 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 the cross. Yeah. Something to do with it, yeah. I mean, in theory, the wrong... wherever you sit in the stadium, you should yeah, be able theory. to see yeah. one yeah. screen. Well, the theory right. being the operative word. Well, I'm northeast upper. I have to look over my right hand shoulder. And <laughs> my right, it was, it was better at Highbury, where you could just turn around and look at you know before even the um, the old clock end boxes were built, and you could just everyone could see the one screen that was there at the back of the clock end <laughs> yeah, when yeah. it was there in 1993 <laughs> or whatever it was. Uh, right. So anyway, on to um, more serious matters. And Stan Kroenke, obviously, he will very soon legally be the 100% owner of Arsenal and take the club entirely private. Uh, We've got two um, contributions on this. The first one's positive, so I'll read that. It's also from Fish by Guna. Uh, Given Stan is now 100% the Arsenal owner, do fans now need to be less antagonistic towards him? and instead try and build a more constructive relationship with him in the hope of creating mutual respect and greater trust between us and him. Uh, This is countered by Robert Gregory, who emailed, Can the panel see anything, anything positive in the new KSE owns the lot ownership structure? So that's um, an optimist there and a pessimist. Well, the, the answer to both those questions is no. Right. <laughs> so, okay. uh, so the first so one is Mr. Fishpie. Yes. Um, he's, uh, what was he saying? He was saying... Should we try and be more friendly? Should we try friends. and be more friendly? Well, we could do, but it'll make no difference whatsoever because Stan Kroenke is in it for the money. That's all he's interested in. Well, that's his number one interest. He likes sport. He likes owning sports clubs. He likes going to watch Do them. you think a bit of love might make him... Take less money out of Arsenal? No. Right. No. I think his long term aim is to make money out of Arsenal. Mm. And he's been hamstrung in that by not being able to take any dividends. He tried taking his £3 million fees for <laughs> unnamed services, lasted two years, and then there was enough pressure to stop him doing that. Now there won't be any pressure in, in the AGM or anywhere else or from any other shareholder. There will just be fan unrest about it, but fans are not going to walk out of the stadium on the basis of Stan taking 10 million quid out of, of the profits. Mm. They'll walk out if it gets to the stage where Arsenal are dropping down the table and become a mid-table club. Mm. 
or, or worse. Or just but... stagnate even, possibly. I mean, people are going to get bored of finishing six in time, surely. Yes, true. Uh, and then attendances might start to drop, but, you know, for the... It doesn't matter, but, does it? But that's, that, that's not going to stop. Attendances do not matter to Stan. Uh, well, they they do in the sense that for, well, people aren't going to renew their season tickets, are they? If they're if they're totally bored, mm. uh, but the club perpetuate this story that there is you know a nine hundred and fifty thousand waiting list for season <laughs> tickets, so that nobody gives them up. Yes. Because if people thought, oh well, I can get another one in a couple of years' time anyway, mm. then they'd be more likely to give them up. Mm. So uh, I, I I I don't see that it's worth cultivating Mr Cronkey's friendship because I think we've seen what his true colours are he's not interested in fans he's just interested primarily in money mm. okay um yeah we're just a means to an end I think there well customers well not fans I mean yeah. I mean as mentioned yes. earlier I mean I went on like two baseball holidays I mean I don't know about you but there are so many tourists who come to the games for selfies the ones who turn up five minutes late always sit in the wrong seat and have to be shown to where they're sitting but they get to wear a shirt there I mean but we, we are still the biggest footballing brand in London which is uh, which it was the most visited city uh, last year I think it was or came second only to New York one or the other but we're a tourist de- the city's a tourist destination Arsenal was a tourist destination there within we'll always sell tickets I mean I, I, a friend of mine who's a city lawyer he's a Liverpool fan he, he's on the waiting list for season tickets as we go and see the, the team he pays £250 for a ticket through Thomas Cook so that him and his son have to go up to Liverpool spend a night in a hotel there they get to sit in a section with a bunch of other tourists you, you think we don't have sections like that? You know, we're not fans anymore. We are, we, we are customers. Do, does it surprise you um, to see a lot of marketing for the Arsenal Stadium Tour around London? I mean, I've seen mm. it, obviously we see it in undergrad, I've seen it on the back of coaches going to Stansted Airport. But I don't see this for Chelsea. Oh, I do. And, and oh, yeah. do see it for they Chelsea. Do. Yeah. Yeah. They, they do, do market same, yeah. them, do they? Well, yeah. I, 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 Maybe I, work I just noticed the other. They did it. I'm working on court now. Did so. it a couple of seasons ago, they did. And there seems to be more us at the moment. With Mesut Ozil, that thing with him in the front of it. But uh, We're ultimately a bigger brand than Chelsea. So it's like, I mean... Are uh, we? They're catching yeah. up. To the tourist? Yeah, oh God. So, okay, when you go to New York, um, I mean, you want to go and you see an advert to go around the New York Giants stadium uh, or to see them play in the NFL. That's a tourist thing too. You New York Giants, you New, York, New York Giants finished like second or third bottom of the entire NFL last year. Mm. You don't know that, do you? It's but a brand name. Ex- so is Arsenal. Right, interesting. Okay. So, I think um, ultimately the whole Cronky thing, look, ultimately whatever happens on the pitch... If Arsenal get it together on the pitch and look good and, and start looking like they're going to get back into the top four again, the fans all just don't probably even care that much. It's when things aren't going well that everyone's they will look for someone to point the finger at and Cronky obviously uh, is you know uh, sitting duck there. Uh, Wenger's gone now. <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> so but will Cronky feel any impact from protests? I don't think he'll give a shit. I'm doing research into a piece the next issue of the Gooner actually and um, his ownership of the NFL franchise the Rams is interesting in the sense that you're probably unaware of this but um, he physically moved them from St. Louis, Missouri where they were formed to Los Angeles, California what's the difference? hell of a long flight for the local fans to the season tickets any kind of you know uh, apology or or any kind of you know um, payment to them no not at all 
uh, Colorado Rapids. Um, well, no, they just, they just don't renew the season tickets. That's all it comes down to. He's got a wang list of season ticket holders on the West Coast and they'll pay more for the season tickets. Well, he's got probably a sort of oligarch mentality. Like, yeah. The people with these like huge amounts of money and interests or assets have, which is, you know, it's my pawns, my control. It's sort of, you know, Dr. No and a little pussycat. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, do you remember we lost... We lost power. Felt. It's power, your blow felt, sorry. <laughs> we lost 3-0 to Manchester City twice in four days earlier this year and on the Thursday night though it was below freezing at the ground uh, the match started only about 30,000 in there officially 59,500 mm. by the end of it I mean I went after 55 minutes when uh, both teams came out for a training session in the second half and that was completely empty uh, and it, uh, the ground was, ground was like that a lot of the games apart from the last two home obviously after Wenger uh, announced he was leaving um, but I think I'm correct in saying everyone's season ticket went up and everyone renewed and the season ticket wait list grew Mine went up from 11... Uh, the, season, the season ticket price didn't go up. Uh, well, my, I, I went to every game, didn't change anything up, but my price went from 11.50 for the last season to 12.50 for this season. Hey? Yeah. Well, mine didn't. Absolutely. No, oh, no that, that must... Well, uh, an unused cup... Or oh, I used all of my cup tokens or something. But it, it went up cup slightly. tokens? Do they still have... You get, you get, you, you, sure you get six, six home cup games with your... No, because it wasn't... I mean, that would be... What, about an 8% price increase? The only, the only people who had a rise, as far as I'm aware, are well, the club level, level sure. which yeah. they always do. Um, but if Emery and, and Cronky were in the room, would, would, would Emery go up to Cronky and say, Sure, Mr Cronky, do you expect me to talk? And Cronky would say, No, Mr Emery, I expect you to die. <laughs> All right, thank you for that. So I just want um, to share that. There was the Blofeld thing. It was yeah, lingering. Right. OK. <laughs> do we anticipate prediction time here a percentage rise in ticket prices every summer going forward now oh yeah guaranteed uh, yeah I would have thought so um, and Cronky will not watch as many games as he has this year unless we manage to reach a cup final or anything like that maybe Josh will start to come when the ball gets completely reshuffled at the end of this year Josh was at the first game of the season just by the by he was at the I don't don't think there'll be price rises every year because because that means that fans are then agitated every year you have to let the fans calm down after one rise Stan doesn't care well he doesn't even hear about it well, customers now. Well, you know, let's, let's say the club, whether it's Ivan and Mark Ganella or whoever else it is there, they don't want to antagonise everybody all the time. They if don't you, want if you to. Increase, but if well, they, they don't own the club anymore. They've got no, no but, say. But Ivan still has a, a direct line to Stan, and if Stan says, why don't we put the ticket prices up, surely Ivan is going to say, well, we've already put them up last year, let's wait another year before we put them up again. Because otherwise you get fan unrest every single year. Do you remember um, where Liverpool's owners, Fenway Holdings, uh, they announced the season ticket, hold, uh, season ticket prices were going up, it was either 14 or 18%, they announced that in March. The next home game, after the 14th or 18th minute, the entire cop emptied. It was, it was with 13 minutes to go, I think. That was, that was 77 it, yeah. minutes. That I think £77 pounds the percentage... representing the highest price ticket or something like the that. The cop yeah. emptied completely. They took notice straight away. Will the tourists, sorry customers, sorry Arsenal fans, estate do agents? That? Well, I, 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 I mean, I, I, that, I, I that's the question. That is the question. The interesting thing about the Arsenal fans is that they actually vote in a different kind of way. They can't even be bothered to, to turn up to protest. Yeah. They just don't come. <laughs> <laughs> that's what really 
actually made the impact last season. Because Arsenal as a brand, appearing on TV to complete disinterest <laughs> was not good for their future sales. Well, it's not a good look. In terms of attracting sponsors. Who'd want to be associated with that? Uh, Rwanda. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, what's the Rwanda Half thing? the population's been symbolically wiped out. So what is the Rwanda <laughs> well, thing? Well, then, I've made, I've a made big fan of Arsenal. That's basically what it is. <laughs> I mean, my, whose idea was it to have visit Rwanda on the... the Presumably, the, the it had to do with £10 million how idea. much they were prepared to offer. Significantly, you know the president of Rwanda is a gooner. Yeah. yeah. Right. Do the maps. Maybe that's what we need more of if we're not going to get it from Stan. We need Arsenal fans piling in with ridiculous sums of money well, we to pay for ridiculous stuff. Like Potch of a kick with sort of, you know, <laughs> get, you know, uh, Some of the South American ones have about 20 different sponsors. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. Like a uh, Formula One driver. <laughs> Actually, think about buying Munich. Exactly. Yeah, let them wear a full body suit and they've got much more room for the sponsored logo. Bayern Munich, one of the biggest clubs in Europe, one of the biggest sporting brands in Europe. I mean, um, on the back, uh, the players' names are actually across the, um, the base the of the back. Side, yeah. Sponsor. Across oh, right. the shoulders. Interesting. Okay. Right. Well, it's players this bigger than the sponsor. It's the future. <laughs> All right. Well, gentlemen, we've been going for way over the hour, so I'm going to wrap it up there. And a bit of housekeeping. As you are probably aware, the Guna is still being published this season, which seemed unlikely at the beginning of 2018, but we have somehow managed to outlast Arsene Wenger. The first issue of the season can still be bought at the Newcastle Vorskla and Everton matches, although it is likely to sell out. It can also be bought online through the shop section of our website, onlineguna.com, where you can also subscribe to receive all six issues this season. A new issue will be out for the game against Watford. As usual, a reminder that you can contact us regarding anything to do with the podcast via Twitter at Podcast and email gunapodcast at gmail.com. Many thanks for the questions and topics submitted for today. With that, it is goodbye from David. Good evening, Phil. Goodbye. And Mustafa. Good evening. We will be back with another podcast in October. Until then, this is your host, Kevin Witcher, saying goodbye and thank you for listening. La-di-da-di-da, la-di-da-di-dee, all good friends and jolly good company. Well, hey!